98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The DAB says it hopes Hong Kong's COVID testing capacity can be ramped up as mainland and Hong Kong officials are set to meet. A professor of respiratory medicine says the private sector could help with the vaccination of elderly care home residents and inflation in the U.S. hits a four-decade high. The DAB chairwoman, Starry Lee, says she hopes Hong Kong's COVID testing capacity can be ramped up after the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office said it would soon hold a meeting between mainland and SAR officials to discuss the Omicron outbreak here. Ms Lee welcomed the news. Testing capacity is one thing that we believe definitely the central government can help because with the upgrading of the testing uh, facility in Hong Kong, it is expected uh, 300,000 testing uh, capacity can be available. But we doubt if we have to deal with a even wider uh, testing scope, this facility may need to further extend. Therefore, we are suggesting that 1 million uh, testing capacity can be in place in Hong Kong, which is uh, workable, I think, with the help from the central government. RTHK sources say Hong Kong's daily COVID case tally looks set to hit a new high of over 1,300 later today. Meanwhile, an expert advising the government on its COVID vaccination programme has urged authorities to drastically increase the capacity of vaccination centres and recruit as many medical personnel as it can to support them. Professor Lau Yulung told an RTHK programme the centres should extend their hours. People wanting to get jabbed should not have to wait for more than two to three days. Don't maintain 8am to 8pm. Increase service hours for at least six hours. Start from 6 to 7 a.m. and open till midnight. Shorten the observation time after one gets jabbed. You don't have to sit there for 15 to 30 minutes, so we can speed up the flow. Staying with vaccinations and a professor of respiratory medicine says the government needs to arrange outreach teams to vaccinate the elderly in nursing homes before outbreaks at the facilities overwhelm the medical system. Kenneth Tung from the Department of Medicine at the University of Hong Kong said one solution would be to use the private sector for vaccinations, given the strain on the public sector. Employment of highly organised teams of, of doctors who and nurses who are well used to or experienced in giving vaccination is not easy, particularly from the uh, public sector now. You know, you see all the doctors and nursing colleagues in HAR under tremendous pressure. The president of the Medical Association, Dr Choi Kin, says he's seen a lot of new patients coming to his private clinic to seek a COVID vaccination medical exemption. In about two weeks' time, a vaccine pass will be introduced. People will need to have had at least one jab to enter certain types of premises, such as shopping malls and restaurants. Dr Choi was speaking on Hong Kong Today. of them elderly people? Most of them are middle-aged or young people. United Christian Hospital says a female patient left a surgical ward at the hospital without notifying the staff last night. 
The hospital said security guards had searched the building and area nearby but couldn't locate the 28-year-old. The hospital said it was concerned about the matter and that police had been notified. She's described as being 1.55 metres tall with long gold and brown hair. According to CCTV footage, she was wearing a white T-shirt, denim jacket and grey trousers. Hong Kong Post says the Discovery Bay Post Office is closed and mail delivery to the community may be delayed. It said the post office will reopen as soon as possible after DB Plaza, where it's located, has been disinfected. On Wednesday, the plaza was included in a compulsory testing order. Turning overseas, President Biden has called on all American citizens remaining in Ukraine to leave the country immediately. With Russia still massing more forces along its border with Ukraine, Mr Biden said he would not send troops to rescue Americans if Moscow invaded. BBC's Peter Bowes reports. In an interview with NBC News, Mr Biden said American citizens should leave Ukraine now. We're dealing with one of the largest armies in the world, he said, referring to Russia's build-up of troops along the border with Ukraine. He added things could go crazy very quickly. Mr Biden said there was no scenario whereby American troops would be sent in to help evacuate US citizens. If Americans and the Russians started shooting at one another, he said, it would be a world war. And Germany's Chancellor Olaf Scholz has expressed support for the three Baltic states of Lithuania, Estonia and Latvia in the face of tensions between Russia and Ukraine. He was speaking ahead of talks in Berlin with the leaders of the three countries and said he's aware the Baltics are directly affected by the military activities Russia is engaging in both on, on the Ukrainian border and in Belarus. Estonian Prime Minister Kaya Kala said her country stands with Ukraine. We must be aware of not giving any concessions, even small ones, at gunpoint. Our focus is on supporting Ukraine. De-escalation cannot come at gunpoint and at the expense of Ukraine. Estonia offers Ukraine political and also practical support. We help them with the defensive military aid and expertise. The chief of the London Metropolitan Police has resigned. Cressida Dick is leaving the post two years earlier than expected after London Mayor Sadiq Khan expressed reservations about her ability to reform the police force. A recent report into police misconduct found evidence of what it described as disgraceful misogyny and discrimination, including racist, anti-Semitic and homophobic behaviour. Cressida Dick said she was sad to leave the post but could not continue without the mayor's support. Following contact with the Mayor of London today, it is quite clear that the Mayor no longer has sufficient confidence in my leadership of the Metropolitan Police Service for me to continue as Commissioner. He has left me no choice but to step aside. I say this with deep sadness and regret. The French virologist Luc Montagnier, who won the Nobel Prize for Medicine for his co-discovery of the virus that causes AIDS, has died at the age of 89. Speaking to the BBC in 2008, shortly after he won the prize, he was asked about the piece of human tissue from which he isolated HIV. It was a swollen gland uh, from the neck of a young gay man, uh, fashion designer, who was living in France, because we thought that the gland may contain the agent which was the cause of AIDS. Was it very difficult to isolate the virus? 
Well, it was difficult to mince the lymph nodes, the gland, because it was very tight. It took me some, some time in the afternoon of the January 3rd, 1983, to do that, but 15 days later, we were knowing something was moving, and it was confirmed one week later. Despite his recognition in the 1970s and 80s, he later became sidelined by the scientific community, taking up increasingly outlandish positions, as the BBC's Hugh Schofield explains. Well, you've got to go back to 1982 at the time uh, when AIDS was causing such damage and, and fear across the world, especially among, among gay, gay men and haemophiliacs. Um, and uh, at the Pasteur Institute, this Dr. Montagnier, not particularly well-known, but was in charge of the viral oncology unit, and there they isolated, as you're hearing there, for the first time, the tissue, uh, the, from the tissue of an AIDS victim, this, this retrovirus. Now, uh, subsequently, it became a subject of a, a great deal of controversy because there was an American team under Professor Robert Gallo doing pretty much the same work in America, and almost at exactly the same time, they announced that they discovered uh, the, the, the vi they'd found this virus and, uh, and so on. Later on, and you know, many years, ten years later, it was established after lengthy analysis that it had been the French who were the first to find the retrovirus, but it was the Americans who, I th as I understand it, were the first to definitively to make the link and say this, this definitely caused AIDS. So both teams are obviously extremely important and, and central to the whole um, discovery of the, of the retrovirus, which, of course, led then on to all the wonderful things which uh, meant that the, the AIDS epidemic was, was foreclosed. Um, so it was a great moment, but his subsequent career was rather more controversial. Police officers are being deployed outside Parliament in New Zealand's capital, Wellington. Anti-vaccine demonstrators are gathering there for a fourth day of protests against COVID mandates. The BBC's Phil Mercer reports. Barricades are keeping demonstrators away from the New Zealand Parliament. For days, a swarm of protesters has gathered to oppose COVID-19 vaccination mandates on a range of occupations, including health workers and teachers. There have been clashes with the police, despite pleas for calm from other demonstrators. A senior police commander said the occupation of the grounds outside the parliament was unprecedented. Protesters who've used their cars to block streets near the parliament have set up tents and have said they have no plans to leave. Time for business news now and inflation in the United States hit an annual rate of 7.5% in January, the highest in four decades. Soaring inflation has reduced purchasing power for households and eroded President Biden's popularity. Mr Biden said he'll work hard to bring prices down. I'm going to work like the devil to bring gas prices down, which I'm going to work in to make sure that we keep strengthening the supply chains to bring the cost of energy and everything else and the goods that come to America down by helping the ports 24-7, by changing a whole range of things that, you know, what's happened with COVID, COVID has caused significant increase in prices in the supply chain. Here in Hong Kong, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,808. That's 116 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $70.8 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 116.09 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 54 cents. 
Sports Now, Hong Kong's Sydney Chu takes the ice today for the men's 500 metre short track speed skating. A knee injury kept him out of the Pyeongchang Games four years ago, but Chu went on to win silver in the 100 and bronze in the 500 at the 2019 Asian Championships. Prior to heading to the capital, he told RTHK what it means to finally be representing Hong Kong at an Olympic Games. It's an honor, um, especially because um, it's in Beijing and especially because uh, we've had such an incredible performance in Tokyo. Um, it's always been a dream. And so I think I'm not only rep representing myself and my own hard work, I'm representing um, the entire Hong Kong. And being able to do that, uh, being able to sort of stand on sports highest stage, to stand on the Olympic stage, is, is really a dream come true. Chu will race in heat eight of the preliminary round tonight. He'll be up against China's defending champion and world record holder, Wu Da Jing. Retiring American snowboard legend Sean White has missed out on a half-pipe medal in his last competition at the Olympics, finishing fourth as Japan's Ayumu Hirano claimed gold. 35-year-old White will retire after the Games. Australia's Scotty James took silver with Switzerland's Jan Schera the bronze. In women's ice hockey, the quarterfinals are underway with defending champions the USA taking on the Czech Republic. Canada plays Sweden tonight. Next to football and the English Premier League, where Diogo Jota was the star in Liverpool's 2-0 win over Leicester. The Portuguese striker scored both goals to keep Liverpool in the title race. They're nine points behind leaders Manchester City. From Anfield, here's the BBC's Ian Dennis. A thoroughly deserved win for Liverpool, but uh, two goals from Jota, one in each half. And in fact, had it not been for Schmeichel, the margin of victory could have been far greater from a Liverpool point of view as they moved within nine points now of Manchester City and with a game in hand they had to be patient but there were so many positives from a, a Liverpool point of view Fabinho excellent in the midfield Luis Diaz the Colombian very impressive on his Premier League debut Salah returning still to come Mane and the manner of the performance and getting in a, a richly deserved three points so many uh, positives for Jurgen Klopp to consider. Arsenal closed in on the top four after a hard-fought 1-0 win at Wolves. Centre-back Gabriel scored the only goal of the game before his teammate Gabriel Martinelli was sent off in the second half. The Gunners are now just a point behind fourth-placed West Ham and they have two games in hand. To the weather forecast, it'll be mainly fine this afternoon, but cloudy periods tonight. Winds will be moderate easterlies. The outlook, sunny periods tomorrow, but there'll be a few rain patches later on Sunday and temperatures will fall at night. The weather will improve with cool mornings on Monday and on Tuesday. Currently, the observatory, the temperature is 22 degrees Celsius, relative humidity 70%. And that's the news and weather from RTHK. <laughs>
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show with me, Sadia Usmani. I can't believe it's Friday already. We kicked off the show with Basement Jacks and Do Your Thing. Hope that got you sort of awake and ready for the program. On the show today, um, a lot on the program. For those working from home, first of all, in Hong Kong, I hope you've had a good week. And everyone is safe and well. On the show, just after 1.30, my guest will be Christine Yu from Sophia, a financial education platform focused on tackling the gender, wealth and investing gap. The platform will launch the first of their digital learning products targeting women in Singapore, Hong Kong and Australia. And we find out more about how Asia is the fastest growing hub of wealth creation for women in Asia and how Sophia will support them. After 2 p.m., I pull